a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, and if I'm honest, I have been looking forward to this conversation that I'm about to have more so than any other topic we covered here on the program today. Not too hard, right? We talked about my ruined Thanksgiving. We talked about a global pandemic. We talked about financial woes. Uh, Now we get to talk about hunting and fishing, uh, of which I am a massive fan. Uh, Joining us on the line is uh, Casey Snyder. Casey Snyder is a representative. He is a member of the Utah State uh, House of Representatives, represents a, a paradise Utah, and in full disclosure, a former coworker of mine. He and I were staffers, congressional aides to Congressman Rob Bishop back in Washington, D.C. He came out here, ran for office himself, and is now representing a beautiful portion of Utah and is also the representative responsible for what you may have noticed on your, uh, on your ballot this year as you voted, Amendment E, which would protect the right to hunt and fish in the Utah Constitution. Uh, Representative Snyder, how are you, sir? I'm good, Lee. Thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks for letting me be the highlight of your afternoon. Thank you so much. Don't 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 tell Jessica or Piper, but uh, <laughs> at least for at least for my time on the air, you're the conversation I've been most looking oh, forward to. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Tell me about the first time you ever went hunting. Oh man, um, so I actually grew up duck hunting was the first thing. Um, I I shot my first duck in Ogden Bay of the Great Salt Lake. And uh, I learned to fly fish with my grandfather in the Uenas, on the north slope of the Uenas. So hunting and fishing has been a big part of who I am since I was just old enough to even remember. And all of it was done and started here in the state. So why, I feel pretty fortunate. Why, why, why amend the Constitution of the state of Utah, a document which has stood for uh, you know decades and decades? Why add this language? You know, and I, I think... Uh, well, I, I, I appreciate what's in the Constitution, obviously, and we, we hold those sort of things true and, and dear. You, you just um, thought you could improve it. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I think times change, demographics change. You know, and I, I bet if you asked Thomas Jefferson of George Washington if there was ever going to be a, a, a state or a portion of this, a place in this union where you weren't going to be able to hunt and fish, I, I think it would have shocked them, as I think maybe it shocked some people now. But there's there's a demographic shift occurring in this country, and uh, it's not here yet, thank goodness. But I I don't see it being a foregone conclusion that we're always going to be able to hunt and fish in this state. And now, um, at least if that changes, there's a higher threshold to to make it so. One million forty-five thousand eight hundred thirty. Do you know what that number is? Yeah, I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. How, how does it's, it, uh, how, it's the it's people who choose wisely in the state of this of state of Utah. Over one million Utahns voted for Amendment E to remind folks listening it would change the language of the Utah Constitution to explicitly protect the right to hunt and fish. What, what's that mean to you? Over a million are on your side. Well, you know, I think it just speaks to how important hunting and fishing is in this state. Um, you know, I, I think people, when they see that, they think of um, maybe 
the same kind of things that they had as children or something they do every year. Heck, if you want to go back and see the most touching committee hearing you've ever seen at the, on Capitol Hill, there were legislators literally moved to tears when this bill came before the Natural Resources Committee in the House. So I think that the million-plus folks who supported this, it's, it speaks to them in, in, and speaks to something that's important to us here in Utah. So I, I'm grateful for their support, and uh, I'm grateful that that's now going to be part of the Constitution. As am I. If, I. if I think back over our friendship, I mean, I know we spent a lot of you know hours and days and weeks and years even working in uh, you know the United States Capitol and in the office buildings of the House. Uh, but some of my fondest memories with you have been duck hunting and fishing and getting into you know getting into it in the in the out of doors. And I think back too about some of my fondest memories with my dad. And they were hiking through. We called it Rattlesnake Hill. It was a, a piece of state land in New York State. We'd hunt for squirrels. I remember the first squirrel I was able to to successfully hunt. And then that time I went deer hunting with Dad. I was unsuccessful that day, but I remember I remember enjoying the time out there. What, uh, yeah. Casey? Tell me, what's the process like when you uh, come upon this idea? How, how does a representative go about changing the Constitution? Well, you know, it. I think it first starts with an interesting, or excuse me, an interested constituent, like all all decent ideas that come before us. And I had a constituent that said, hey, you know, 22 other states have done this. Why don't we do it here? And we sort of progressed that argument, made sure that all the the main folks that like to hunt and fish in the state, the groups that support and, and represent those people were behind us. And then we just sort of started drafting and going through the process, you know, like any other bill. The one thing that's actually interesting uh, and maybe of interest to listeners is, while a constitutional amendment, when it reaches the public and on their ballot, only needs a simple majority to pass, um, the, it, it, within the body, you need two-thirds in both the House and the Senate. And this easily passed the House, went to the Senate, uh, died actually on its first vote in the Senate, died on the floor of the Senate, and we had to bring it back on a motion to reconsider by convincing uh, somebody who voted against it the first time to change their vote. And we barely squeaked it by out of the Senate with just one or two extra votes to hit that two-thirds margin. What was so the, it's quite the process. What was the winning argument? How were we able to convince that uh, legislator to change their mind? You know, I, I think, again, it kind of goes to the same argument we made generally that, look, this is important to us. This is not just uh, something we're doing just to say that we've done it. This is going to have long-term implications. Honestly, one of the really strong things that I think uh, helped our argument is about 20 years ago in this state, we passed the Constitution or modified the Constitution to require two-thirds majority on uh, propositions that had to deal with wildlife management. Yeah. You know, people thought it was unnecessary and, and maybe overzealous, but in the state of Colorado just this year, by simple majority, the people voted to introduce wolves to the west slope of Colorado. Now, that pointing to that example and the real-world implications on what we were trying to prevent really, I think, said, look, this isn't a message. This is something we want to take advantage of while we believe public sentiment's on our side. And uh, ultimately, it, it worked in the Senate, worked in the general public, and now it's going to be part of the Constitution. Congratulations. Uh, I should have asked you this question to start, uh, but the, to amend the Constitution in this fashion to protect the right to hunt and fish, it's not like it's a free-for-all now. W- what, what happens now? 
No, you know, and we tried to basically codify the status quo or at least enshrine it in the Constitution. So the right to hunt and fish is protected subject to, you know, reasonable regulations through the Division of Wildlife Resources, which uh, they provide right now. Um, it's it's uh, subject to, you know, whatever regulation or, or statute they put forth. But it also does one other thing that I think is I, maybe a little bit strengthening of the right is it says hunting and fishing will basically be the primary tool of conserving wildlife species. Mm. So it not only says we have a right to do this, but when science says we need to modify wildlife populations, hunting and fishing will be the tool to do that. And that that's an uh, important fact for a variety of reasons. Very good. We've been speaking. Was that a horse winning in the background? You know, I'm sitting Very on my cool. farm right now, so there you go. Very cool. Very cool. Our guest has been Representative Casey Snyder, represents uh, Paradise, Utah. He is the man behind Amendment E. Uh, you likely voted for it. The The numbers seem to indicate that there uh, was heavy support for this. Over a million Utahns cast their vote in support of this idea uh, had by Casey Snyder. Representative Snyder, thank you so much for your time. Can't wait to see you again. All right. Thanks, Lee. Let's go hunting. Let's do it. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now. And to wrap up the program, I'm going to share with you some words spoken just last week by Justice Alito having to do with restrictions and individual liberty and how once this pandemic is behind us, we need to make sure that we maintain that liberty and that freedom. We'll hear from Justice Alito next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.